Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Boyhood, directed by Richard Linklater and released in 2014. It follows the life of Mason, a boy living in Texas between the ages of 5 and 18. The film was made over 12 years using the same cast. Okay. All right. Boyhood. Yes. I think we've already we... gotten so bored that we talked about something else. You've already gotten so bored. <laughs> I quite enjoyed Boyhood. I know. I knew you would say that. I got frustrated with Boyhood because nothing happened. It was two and a half hours and nothing happened. I just liked it. Be so. I sort of feel differently having spent a couple of days looking back on it, but I, did, I really, really enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed being in this kid's life and watching it happen. There were some things that kind of didn't quite ring true with me, but overall, I found it a really nice celebration of life and humanity and the messiness and messed upness of humanity. Yeah, I just got, I kept waiting for something to happen. And I got excited every time that he got older because I was like, now something's going to happen. <laughs> and nothing <laughs> happened every time. So, like, well, I, think I don't that know. I just the felt whole like point. something. Yeah, I know that. But, and, and I said in, when I wrote my review, I was like, well, for some people, this is going to be a great movie. Some people are going to love this movie. Some people are going to really enjoy the realism and, and the, lyrical nature of it and that slice of life sort of thing yeah but there's not my kind of movie i like a movie where i can go this happened then this happened and then th there was an arc and then there was an ending like this just sort of started and he was young and ended and he was 19 with some bad facial hair yeah so and you, that was you watched it and you were like i need to go get some explosions to as a palate cleanser whereas yeah. i watched this and it was like a bit of a palate cleanser from all the explosions for me okay it's just nice to watch but also it was there was lots of meaty stuff in there about families and parenthood and, and, and I don't know this if this was intentional, but it really made me glad not to have grown up in America or especially not in, in Texas. Like, whoa, that was terrifying. Yes. I wasn't so concerned about getting the kids away from – well, I mean, I wanted to get the kids away from their terrible stepfathers, but I really wanted to get them out of the state. Like, ew, that was a scary place. Yeah, it was pretty awful. I think coming away from it, Here's what there's I know there's a lot of stuff I don't remember from it. Okay. I remember sort of I mean each time he got older I would sit there and I would try and figure out how old he was. This is what my what was going on in my brain when I'm watching it. I was just like, "Oh, how old is he now? Oh, look, he's turned his hair differently." Um like this I I wasn't really sort of I don't think I was in it as much as I should have been. Right. Okay. I I mean, I, I liked all that, oh, she's got different hair now stuff because that was often – sometimes you couldn't necessarily tell straight away, especially when he was a bit younger. It was sort of hard – What you couldn't always see how he had he had aged, but you could tell like uh, through through his mother or his sister or somebody had changed. Well, he had a great growth spurt between like – there was one point where he just had this massive growth spurt, which mm. was like – we missed the growth spurt, obviously, but yeah. there was – I feel like we missed out a lot of things that would be really interesting and focused on some things that weren't. Yeah, there are some some things that just didn't quite um, – the first evil stepfather, right, that was all like tidied up a little too neatly. They got out of there a little too easily and everything was like they never saw him again. And it was all just like – I think the idea was that they filmed one week every year. Mm. That was the conceit of it all. But I think sometimes there was stuff missing in between years. And I liked the whole he had to do some work in between. That was fine. But – there were things that would have been a little bit more interesting. Well, there's this bit at the end, um, which, by the way, I feel like 
Patricia Arquette's storyline ended on such a downer note. Mm. I was really frustrated with that. I, I but- felt sorry for her, actually. Yeah, it was sort of because, like, it's called Boyhood, but it's not really a story about boys. It's a story about families, right? And so there was <laughs> the way that it ended. I, see, I don't know because I think what we see is actually – Boyhood. What we see is like he's really, really connected with his family at the beginning. Yeah. But as he becomes a teenager, he kind of he becomes more and more distant from them. Yeah. So we get less and less scenes with the family and more, and more with stuff him. Yeah. just with him, which I think is like the natural progression of any person's life. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So I do think that it was about like it was sort of about families, but it was also about yeah, yeah. him and like the earlier part of his life was about his family. And I kind of. I, I probably liked it more as it went on because it was more about just one person's story as well. But early on, like easily, the sister was my favorite. Like she was just so funny. But it, I also, also, it's there's a whole there's like more than one movie in here. There's like the story of the family, and there's a sto- his story, which is the one which is where we take it eventually. And then, and then we don't get to see what happens with Samantha. Mm. This is the sister who's played by Laura Linklater. We don't really get to see. She no. goes off to college, and then she's Seems barely to be having it. a great time. But yeah, that's but it. we don't really get to yeah. see her, and we don't get to see what her life and her struggles are. They're clearly different to his. Yeah, and we don't get to see. So, like, that's why I think it's accurately titled Boyhood, and mm. they're obviously. Focusing Richard Linklater decided to do this because he's like, well, my, I'm going to make a movie that sort of. I can relate to. Yeah, yeah, of course. And he's trying to do the whole boys' stories a universal thing. Right. And yeah. that that was, you know, irritating to and me because I was like, I want to see what's happening with Samantha. Uh, oh, and Olivia. The mum's story is really interesting. There was one point where there was a time jump and her hair went from really short to like down her back right. in a year. <laughs> and I was like, oh, look, Hollywood, because that's hair extensions. Like people's yeah. hair doesn't grow like that. No. It was was just this weird disconnect for me because everything is so naturalistic that I had that moment where I was like, that doesn't, that's not right. That's not what real people's hair does. No, it didn't. It doesn't matter. It was just this moment that I was. Obviously, she's doing other jobs at the same time. But yeah. Yeah. Well, this Mm -hmm. is something that I thought of a lot when I was watching the movie. Well, yeah. See, this is the thing. My mind wasn't in this movie for most of it. It was like drifting all over the place thinking See, my mind was in the movie for most of it. But afterwards, I've now come to like pick bits apart. And I'm like, oh, I bet that was just done for convenience. Oh, I bet that was done because they couldn't get this. Or, oh, I, I bet this actor disappeared and so he just had to not be in it anymore. Like there was. Yeah, I felt that while I was watching it. Yeah, I didn't feel it till afterwards. While I was watching it, I was definitely caught up in it. Although it was getting too long. I thought it was going to end about 40 minutes before it did. Like I thought, I thought, oh yeah, this is it's going to end soon. He's now he's in his last year of high school. This is going to get this is going to be over. But that last year of high school, it actually gets longer as as we get more focused on his story. I think there's a couple of reasons for that. But I actually knew I'd seen a picture of what he looks like when the movie finishes. Yeah, yeah. So me I too. was waiting for him to look like that. Yeah, no, I, as was I. And so as soon as I saw him start to look like that, that was about forty to fifty minutes before the end, right? No, no, the the facial hair. He didn't get the facial hair until the very end, which is like that scene with his mum. And I was like, oh, the movie's finally going to be over. I wasn't that – No, I didn't notice the facial hair. I was just like, he's got his sort of adult face now. Well, this is the thing is that I was watching it like – the one one of the really good things about it is that it it really is realistic and he's Mm. really a teenage boy. 
Like, this is what real teenage boys look like. They walk funny and they have grunting conversations and they, like, have bad skin and awkward facial hair and go through some really dodgy hair decisions. Yeah, that's what I liked about it too. And and also all the people around – all the kids around him were all correctly aged teenagers. Like, they they all had braces at various points and they had – they're all the really awkward stuff and the awkward hairdos and the bad outfits and the like different you could see them actually being real teenagers it's that's one of the good things about it yeah i mean there are other th- good things it looks really pretty a lot of the time yeah. um i liked all the little pop culture references to yeah. to tell you when you were i, that I was liked kind that of fun because they picked out some really interesting pop culture references like the little girl singing all of we're all in this together yeah. at the table or is it breaking free or something from from, from uh, high, high school musical, musical. she sings yeah. like the whole thing. And that's the other thing. There are scenes that go on for way too long. Like, this is a condensed life of 12 years in one movie. You would think they could cut out some of the, like, two and a half minute long song breaks and the shots of people picking up food from a table. And, like, I just felt like there were some scenes where I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Come on. Can we get on to but the I, actual again, stuff that happens? But that, that was that's the, the stuff whole, that happened. That, exactly. That's the whole point. Like, life is made up of all of these little moments you wish you could get out of, as well as, well as, and the dramatic stuff takes longer than you think it's going to. See, but real life out. is boring. Yeah, real life is boring. So that I can watch a movie, not watch my real life, which is boring. Well, this is full of bet people who are far better looking than my real life. Also, they have some crazy shit like with the um the grandparents who just like think it's appropriate to give a 17-year-old a so he's 15 at that point. 15-year-old, a gun on his birthday. Like, oh, my God. It's just like, Whoa. Well, that's right after the, he's given a Bible. It's yeah. your first one. It's got your name I'm on it. I'm not so bothered by giving him a Bible, but giving him a gun. Like, No, it just made shit. me laugh. It was yeah. really funny for us. Mm. I'm sure that's not oh. funny for American audiences, and we're sitting here laughing at that and, that, and that's the, su- that's pledging cr- allegiance to oh, the Oh, yeah, yeah, to the flag. Captain America flag. Like, it, it, our whole cinema cracked up when they had did the plex- pledge to the Texas flag because we were like, we heard of, we've heard of the Pledge of Allegiance. We know that there's this weird ritual in American classrooms where they pledge allegiance to their flag. We were we we don't see it very often, but we know it happens. But then when they turn around and do it to the Texas flag, which when I first saw it, I was like, oh, they've got the Captain America flag at their school. I'm like, no, wait, that's their state. Um, that was like, whoa, this is such, and that was like one of those. And I don't is Linklater. He's American, yeah. Yes, because Lorelai's American, so I'm assuming he is. Yeah, no, he's American, but I'm I'm wondering <laughs> what like I always got the idea he was more of the Austin, Texas than anything else. Like I don't know if he's actually from Texas or not. I'm wondering if this is something he grew up with, or if he is has grown up in a more liberal sort of part of the world. Um, I, I don't I, know that. That the I think only would be sort of thing that was really there was a really interesting thing where um the dad after spending lots of years as a flake. Um, finally sort of settles down and gets married to a perfectly nice religious girl. Mm. Um, and that intersectionality, mm. that, that connection was really good. Mm. Like it explored some of those ideas better than the rest of the movie had because she was quite easygoing and, and adorable and lovely. Mm. And the her parents were so nice, but so crazy. Um, and that was more interesting than a lot of the earlier stuff about where mm. they lived. And, and then, like, her the mum's second evil stepfather, who was such a boring... Well, it wasn't that it was... That made me exceedingly anxious. Watching that whole thing, I was really anxious, but... Um, they, no, I feel the second like, one was the oh yeah the, the, the first the veteran one. oh yeah, yeah first veteran. she falls for her professor then she falls for one of her students 
Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Great life decisions there. Well, but then she says later on, I really, I really like make, making, making poor life, life decisions. decisions. <laughs> I know. And you're like, oh. Oh, I know. I've, a lot of the critics of this movie are like, oh, it's all about his stupid mother and his stupid decisions. And I actually don't like that reading of it. And I think that's quite a sexist reading to say it's all about his mother making stupid decisions um, oh. at the, no, my, my and shaping his life. It- is just that it was boring. No, yeah, no. I'm, I'm, I'm just talking about the more some of the more mainstream critics. Yeah, that's what they focus in on. They focus in on it being about the mother, how a mother's bad life decisions affect her children. And I don't. I'm 99 sure that's not Linklater's attitude because indeed, in fact, they talk about it very early on. She's got a boyfriend who um who refers to. Yeah, I can't be responsible for your bad decisions. Be- at her children mistakes, I think. mistakes, yeah, something like that. And she kicks him out pretty, qu- pretty damn quickly, right? So, and I think the whole the point of it is is that everyone's made some bad choices here, mm. and also she's been left holding the babies, like quite literally. Ethan Hawke has wandered off, he's driving his car and being a musician, and he comes in once every couple of weeks and takes the children out and gives them all this fun, and she's got to be mum every goddamn day, like I yeah. And the thing and is, she's the doing way her that, damn best. The way that that is um, is really interesting because Ethan Hawke, I mean, neither of them is the bad guy or the good guy, no. right? So Ethan Hawke comes in and he actually provides a lot of stability for the kids, which is yeah. when there's a moment when he tells them tells um, Mason Junior because he's Mason Senior. He tells Mason that he sold the car. Yeah, and I, that's one of the moments where I was like, oh, that's really bad. Mm before the movie said it and the movie said it for a different reason to what I thought it was which was that for me that car and dad showing up was the stability that they had like every Mm. couple of weeks dad shows up in his car because they don't have one home for a very long time no they move around a lot they move around a lot and that's like not mum's fault she's got to try and do the best she can and get new jobs and move for school and move for a job and And that's fine but I think also that the the men that she falls for there's a little bit of that stability seeking in that. Like she thinks that this guy's a professor. That's like someone to look With up kids. to. He's got kids. He's stable. He's not going to worry about me having kids. And then, and then the next guy she falls for is a veteran. She's like, oh, that he's a, he's a good guy. He's stable. He's upstanding. He's got a job. He's he's you know got his life on track. But and so I think yes. So she makes a lot of the decisions she makes are in order to do better for the kids. And they don't necessarily work out that way, but she's doing the best she can with the resources she's got. Yeah. Mm. Um, but then, you know, he and Ethan Hawke gives some terrible advice in this movie. Oh, my God. Um, that that big speech at the end. Oh, my God. It's so uh, – there's so much sexism in this movie too. But anyway, the the Ethan Hawke's, like, you look forward to seeing him because the mm. kids look forward to seeing him yeah. so much. And you can understand why he comes in and he gives presents and he takes them out for the fun things. Yeah. But he also, it seems like he is really trying. He's just no good at trying until he figures out what it actually means to be a parent, which isn't until the kids are teenagers. Yeah. And, and, and he has another baby with his new wife. Yeah. And then he has to sell the car and get a minivan and he has to be the stable he person. He has to become a dad. Yeah. But he, he genuinely loves them and he's a far better dad to them than either of the other two stepdads that come in. Yeah. Um, and he takes them camping and he does things with them yeah. that are fun for them. And he even tries to talk to um, Samantha about, say, sex, which I thought was terrific. Oh, that was um, actually one of my favorite bits of the whole movie is where he's, they're sitting at like eating fries at a bowling alley and we find out she's got a boyfriend and so he's – He's like, what do you know about Sarah Palin's daughter? She's pregnant. What are you not going to be when you're 17 in two years' time? 
pregnant? And he's like, he's like, now there are a couple ways to do that. I just thought it was, that was actually a really good sex talk. And he's like, this is just as hard for me as it is for you guys. Stop laughing. You have to stay with me here. Yeah, that was pretty That was really cool. And I think what you see is really Patricia Arquette and Ethan Hawke like leading by example in their acting mm. <laughs> like because you can see there's a lot of times when Ella Coltrane and Lorelai Linklater are struggling with the acting part of this. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not profe- – well, they. I mean, you know, this is what they were doing. They were – they weren't so they really – have a lot of opportunity yeah, to and, and They weren't actors. professionals. But, and I think also particularly in the early years, you can tell that things have been set up and the script has been written in such a way that it – it takes advantage of what the what particularly Ella Coltrane is like. It takes advantage of a lot of the natural natural things that he would want to be doing at that age to get him to do to get a naturalistic performance out of him. Yeah, um, and I think it's interesting. Like Ella is a very quiet kid, and so Mason is a very quiet kid. It seems, and mm. so like a lot of it is him just reacting or being influenced by what's going on around him, which is probably part of why you get that criticism that it's all about the mother. Because yeah. Mason doesn't do a lot of talking most of the time. Yeah. He's just having things happen to him. And this is certainly – I mean, it's a certainly an important aspect of it is that it's about the way adults' decisions impact on ki- their kids, right? That's important and that's part of it. But he is – Yeah, but the whole point is that he grows up okay. Yeah, no, exactly. But But – I mean, yeah. The whole point is that he and the Samantha whole, both go off to college. Whole systems that yeah, she's taught them to value education, yeah, set up around them that mean that their lives go in certain directions, and that some and the systems are sometimes in conflict with one another, and they work in different ways. And but they work. also like her reaction to the abusive first abusive stepfather is that she like she gets her kids out of like and she, as quick she's as she very can. brave about it um, yeah i know it, it that's why i always felt like it was a bit unrealistic because it happened so quickly well, uh, i don't think it did happen quickly because mm. there's a scene really like just after they get married when he's talking to his own son and i'm like oh he's abusive yeah and then the actual abusiveness doesn't come out for another like yeah no i know two time jumps yeah so you we, it actually happens over two years it just seems to happen quickly and um but it's really obvious from that point that yeah. he's abusive. Oh, yeah. It's obvious from the point where – I think it's obvious from when they come back from their honeymoon almost. Yeah, that, that, I think that's, that's where scene, it is. Yeah. yeah, that's where it, it was obvious. I didn't trust him from the moment I saw him. No, though. I didn't either. I was like, icky. oh, he's so gross. Get it, get away. Yeah, anyway. no. He was definitely he was icky from gross. the beginning. But I think the uh, the actually abusive tendencies yeah. I could see from when he comes back from the honeymoon and he's t- talking yeah. to his son and about it's supposed not to show, doing his homework. Yeah, and it's supposed to show the escalation because you get that, then you get him forcibly shaving Mason's head, then you get him like breaking, throwing glasses at the kid. <sighs> That scene where he shaved Mason's head was so oh, sad. Oh, it upset me so much. <laughs> it, it was really, really sad. Poor little cruel. Mason was so upset. Yeah, that. see, I remember that whole section better than any other section of the film. Yeah. And then, like, there's a bunch of stuff. He goes out one night and it's gross and, like, he camps with a bunch of other boys who are gross. Mm. Um, and then I remember, like, he goes out with a girl called Sheena who doesn't open her mouth when she talks and it annoys me. Mm. Um, and then he keeps going out with her. So she's in the movie forever. Um, <laughs> yeah, she is in and it for a long time. They but- break up. He goes off to college and he meets a girl called Nicole who I was sure that was the girl because when he was younger mm. – 
he got a note after he got his hair oh, cut off. Oh, you from, think it's the same girl? Yeah. And oh, I kept thinking it was going to so come cute. out because she wrote him a note yeah, that yeah, said, yeah. I think your hair is cool. And it was signed, Nicole. Oh, because realize. I remember kids' names. I um, didn't remember the – I couldn't see who, who, who's the name of the girl who had signed the note. I couldn't remember that. Well, bit. I thought she was going to be important. And then years later, he meets a girl called Nicole who has dark hair like that little girl. And I was like, same I wonder if that's the same girl. <laughs> I'm sure someone's figured it out on the internet, but I didn't do any research. So, um, yeah. I don't. yeah, I don't know. I just – that was the note that he got. So, yeah. Anyway, went off just after he'd said the pledge to the flag. But see, this is the thing. Like, I remember these scenes. I know there's a whole bunch of stuff in the middle. I just don't remember any of it because mm. I don't think it was that interesting. There's a whole lot of not anything happening here. I like you remember that that bit with the abusive stepdad, mostly because I felt so anxious through the whole thing. And I was just like, oh, God, please let them get away. Um, I just but felt then so was... bad when they leave and Mindy and Randy, his kids. Yeah, I felt bad too. I remember but his name. I don't remember adults' names. Nothing. I don't remember what his name was, but those two kids it, I remember. There's literally nothing they can do. I know. I, I understand like, that. They say it afterwards. absolutely nothing they can do. She says that afterwards. I get it. I just still felt really bad. Yeah, so, but that's why I was so anxious about that too because I was really anxious about those kids for a while. I also remember that when she met, when he meets the professor, um, there's a girl with one of those like choker things. It, you know to those, show the those time. like you know those ones that were like the um, elasticy ones. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, just I, shows I was the like, era. I remember those. Actually, as soon as the movie started, movie opens with a Coldplay song, and I was like, Katie's not gonna like this. But the movie has this. It's part of its pop culture thing. Is like little big references like songs from the eras and mm. movies and um I, I love the Harry Potter things. I love how they they opens oh, with them right. lying in bed reading Chamber of Secrets and then they're um lining up for the midnight release of the Half Blood Prince. Prince and that's so cute. But there's also like there's an they weave in the Obama election and stuff and um then they also weave in the financial crisis and all this other stuff mm. into it. But and like like Thinking back on it, I, I can feel a bit cynical about them. Like they just had to pick some kind of big things to weave. They they were they pick things that might not necessarily have turned up in a real kid's life, just so they could show you where you were. Well, actually, I thought the Obama thing made sense because Dad was so I, I loved that vocally actually. political, and yeah. it makes sense for him to be well, vocally political as well because and, he's and very left leaning. Yeah, she's a lot less political, it seems. Yeah, but she's also very left leaning. Like she, yeah. there's no taking the gun home to Mum's house. No, but he's quite left leaning. So all of his stuff with the politics and like, I feel like his dad had more of a story arc than he did. Right? His dad went from like being very hardcore left leaning. Um, I'm going to chase my dream. I'm going to. I don't really dreams. have a job. And then he, he um, you know, compromises and settles down, but he seems much happier when he's with her and yeah. and all that sort of thing. Like, Dad had this whole arc. Mason doesn't have an arc. And not just that. Dad, at the end of the movie, Dad is basically, he gets the second chance to start again, which is why I think you think that, um, which is why Patricia Arquette's storyline can seem so downer at the end. No, because it's she's literally a downer at the she's, end. Because she's like, she's hitting an empty nest she's on her own for the first time in probably ever right because she, she talks about going from being someone's daughter to being someone's mom she's had this had her first kid really young they both did uh, and so she didn't she sort of went from being a daughter to being a mother to being and then having nothing right but Ethan Hawke's character has he's actually just started again he's got another kid he's got another chance to actually be present and be a parent and she's she doesn't yeah, I was sort of thinking about my mum during that, um, which probably isn't going to be really appropriate conversation for this podcast anyway. But, um, like, she doesn't seem to be having that problem very much at all, although Claire does still live with her. Well, that's like, what I was thinking. She's so very, like, 
yeah. out in her life and exactly. doing all these oh, well, things. I thought of your, your mum too, but not just your mum. I know heaps of older women who are separated, divorced, whatever, in their 50s. I want to be like them. Like I, I am perfectly happy, happily married and want to stay that way. But I reckon being a single 50-something looks great. Like I know so many women financially independent, doing their own thing, chasing their dreams. Like I just wanted to give Patricia Arquette a hug and be like, honey, you have your whole life ahead of you. It's just going to get good for you now. Yeah. I, I just felt I felt like some of them, like some of the most awesome women around are women in there between sort of 45 and 65 just – doing their own thing, felt, having the kids out of the house. It felt to me like a really cynical male view on what happens after they move out of their mum's home. Right. Right? Like that's what it felt like to me. To me very, very especially cynical. Before they left when she's like, look, you guys, we're cleaning the house out. I'm downsizing to an apartment. I felt like good on you, Patricia. You're getting what you want. You have the house you want. You have the life you want. And the kids, are, you finally don't have to be responsible for them and you can do what you want to do. I, I felt like – she was. A, I, I get why she might have cried on the day when he left because it might have been confronting. Yeah, but that's the last, the very last shot of yeah. her that we see is her going, "My life is over." And I was like, "That's such a negative view." And, and it's of not remote mother being a mother and being a woman and like, a, and it really is very. It's not it's true at all. Such a male lens movie. Yeah. Is what another reason why I think it's perfectly appropriate for it to be called Boyhood and all the people complaining yeah, yeah. about it being about the mother are so off base because it's such well, a. It needed to be, no, it couldn't. It's not about the mother. It can't be about the mother. It wouldn't have been about the mother unless they made some very significant changes. Yeah, it's such a movie about. It's about and it's being about, a oh, boy. It's so hard to be in that era. A boy. Like and be sensitive and be artistic because that's what Mason was. He was sensitive and artistic. Yeah, um, and really... he had all these ideas. And he he when he's a teenager, he's like the love child of Hayden Christensen and Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, he talks and like Scarlett Johansson. He does, but he at that and that was like would have been a, an interesting opportunity to really explore some of that that gender stuff about. Well, then they t- I think they try to like he's wearing nail polish and his second stepfather's like maybe nail polish. Ew, that was too gross when I was in high school. Like, He's such a girl. You yeah, get a job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was. So, I didn't. I see. I just thought he was so. I mean, the first evil stepfather was such a sort of complex portrayal of mm. an awful, abusive person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the actor kind of seemed to put a lot into it. Yeah. I feel like the second evil stepfather didn't put as much into it, and no. he wasn't as good at doing what he was trying to do there. Like, I didn't no. feel like well, it, the I knew what he was trying to do because I know all of those archetypes. Mm. But I just don't feel like that was what actually was coming out of him. Well, I also thought that that guy was put in to sort of stand in for the for Richard Linklater and people his age because that guy is, prob- is between our age and, say, Ethan Hawke and, and um, Patricia Arquette's age, so it's probably – be now in his late thirties, kind of. He's so he's younger than Patricia Arquette, but older than us because he seemed to have finished school in the mid to late nineties. Mm. So he's a few years older than us, but his experience at high school is probably similar to ours. Than ours is to a kid at Mason's age, right? Um, so I, I kind of felt like he was standing in for the parent, like the people, the, the director, being like, "Oh, I was sensitive and artistic when I was at school, and look what I had to put up with." Yeah, it just it was so. Um ridiculous i guess but mason also just thinks he's ridiculous so yeah mason doesn't really buy into his particular no. brand of ridiculousness oh no he's um, he's clearly ridiculous from the start where he's like monopolizing this conversation with his war veteran stories it's interesting how much mason comes into his own as a teenager mm-hmm. and starts to talk 
um, and yeah. starts to like come out and, you know, he finds an interest and then he sort of blooms a little bit. And, mm. but even then he's, he's so reactive. Like if somebody says to him, let's go do this, he's like, okay. And that's all he ever does mm. in the whole movie. That's all he ever does. The only time I remember him standing up to anybody is when he stands up to second stepfather, mm. like the whole rest of the movie. It's like, do you want to play video games? I'm okay. Do you want to go for a walk down here? I'm okay. Let's even when, get, when okay. He, even when he gets to college, he's like, they're like, let's go to hike. He's like, okay, <laughs> let's do some mushrooms. Okay. Like he's so. Well, she, she just even, she just hands it to him and, and he just like eats it. And she's like, okay, you should, that should hit you soon. Like he's like, uh huh. He's so passive. Yeah. And I think for the, for the main character of this movie, he's so passive. And I know that boys are kind of, there are a lot of boys who are like that. But it's so, like, just to be the main character, it means that it does kind of feel like it's not about him till later on in the movie well, because he doesn't do anything. It's um one of those interesting things where sometimes people often don't recognize their own agency and he doesn't seem to recognize that he ha- actually has the power to make his own choices and decisions and stand up to people. Like, he... he from in, inside his head, he's just like, oh, well, that's what everyone else is doing. I'm just going to do it. It's weird. We don't get to see inside his head. No. We don't get a lot of insights into him. We just sort of see the what everything from around him because there's no, like, voiceover or anything. No, which is good. It's I'm very glad there's no documentary voiceover. style slice of life. Yeah, I know, but it means that we don't really mm. get to see how he's feeling about anything. Even when he starts talking mm. a lot later on, unless he's doing the, you know, extreme pouty face that he did when his hair was being cut off, we don't get to see a lot of mm. actual... Uh, but again, that's kind like, of the point. That's anything how, out of him. That's what life is like. You all you get from you don't get to see inside of other people's heads. They don't get to do a voiceover for but you. But that doesn't tell us. Like I, I yeah. understand that. But like I'm, I'm going to this to see a story. I'd like to see this the world from his point of view. But mm. I don't feel like I am seeing the world from his point of view. No, he okay. doesn't ever tell us the world from his point of view. When he does start talking, it's all about how we need to turn off technology and get into nature. And stuff. And, and again, that does not feel like it's coming from him. Yeah, exactly. No. That but doesn't feel like he I d- I, really there, I saw that. nothing in his character that told me that because his character was really good at not being plugged into technology anyway. No, like but he, he loves video games when but, he's Yeah, a kid. exactly. But you never – like I didn't – I got the feeling that line did not come from him at all. That doesn't make any sense, I mean, which is why at the time I was taken along with it, but afterwards picking it apart makes me a bit – Un- uncomfortable yeah i don't feel mm. like mason was anyone mm. right i don't feel like he was a fully Which fledged person why i feel like ella coltrane was just you know told to do things and then yeah. did them like ella, like mason does in the well, movie that, that's the thing it's it's so very um yeah it is it's and very samantha much like that. has a personality she has very much her own personality mm-hmm. and she's always doing things to him to which he is reacting and i was really disappointed as well in the loss of their sibling relationship later on yeah like at the beginning they're fighting and then it just sort of goes away and they don't really have a sibling relationship anymore Mm. and everything's about them separately and then when they're teenagers they have one scene where she doesn't pick him up from school Mm. well they they have the scene where they're in college and they go all they go out together but they don't he they don't talk to each other in that scene i remember because i was looking for that Mm. it's only him and his girlfriend the whole time and then his girlfriend talks to her right which, you know, yay passing the Bechdel test, but, like, it tells us nothing about his relationship with her. Right. Okay. So, yeah. 
you know, and then she has pink sheets. Like mm. that's, that's sort of what we learn about her. And, and mm. she's having a good time with all the boys in college, which sounds like Samantha because we actually know what Samantha is like. Yeah. We don't know what Mason is like apart from passive. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 is, I found this movie very frustrating mm. experience. Which is why when I wrote that plot summary, I wrote plot slash conceit because I think the movie, this is more about the conceit than it is about the story. Yeah. Like it's more about – Look what I did. I tried this experiment and this is what I made. This is the thing that I think, like, the people who are praising this movie, I feel like they're more interested in how it was made and how these people, con- you know, connected with their characters over a long period of time, which is more to do with Ethan Hawke and Patricia Arquette, who were very good, I think, and very consistent oh, and really get their characters. We haven't even talked about that yet, but Patricia Arquette, this is amazing. Um, there's early talk of her being frontrunner for Best Supporting Actress and I would not be surprised because she was – She's amazing in this part and she's just right for it. There aren't too many. She was around our age when she started, around early 30s and in her well into her 40s when she finished. And there probably aren't too many actresses around that age who would have been very, who would have realistically been able to portray this character, like that working class single mum trying to do better for herself character. That was that's a hard character to play. You have to have actually lived some real life experience to have that. And not a lot of not a lot of the actresses that I can think of would have been able to handle it the way she did. Yeah. And she's so gorgeous. Anyway. Oh, but um, and that's but and there's this even beside the where point. she like she ages so much less than everybody else in this movie. But it um, doesn't her hair not, changes a lot. Yeah. But, but she's not aging like um Hollywood's she's not not aging Hollywood style. I don't think she's got no, she's of plastic really surgery pretty. or anything. She's a gorgeous woman. But also, like I was saying to you when we were driving home, is that this sort of covers the sort of peak of her adulthood. So she's starts at age about 33. So she is old enough at that point to have sort of settled into an adult face and she finishes around 45. So she kind of – it covers like the peak, the prime of her life. Yeah, and really? Ethan Hawke definitely aged a lot more than he, she did. Yeah, he looks he looks a lot worse by the I end. I did Plus spend a lot of time wondering what that, movie he was shooting. Well, that <laughs> awful mustache that they made him grow by. The, oh, I know, did, right? Did they make him grow it though, or did know. he? Somebody made I him grow like an awful nobody, mustache. See, I don't think they did because he has that in predestination as well, mm. and like that seems to be a plot point in I'm predestination. Assuming, yeah, he was filming, and other he must things. have filmed those at the same time. Mm. So I'm wondering if the mustache was. Uh, yeah. other stuff I was not totally so doing one. the same thing like what was he filming when he did this or yeah I, and and, there was, and I kept thinking about medium as well like because she's obviously on medium at the same time yeah well she's also <laughs> and um there's also I didn't notice it but she's also she was pregnant through part of the shooting yeah I noticed that yeah there was um when they were at the school at one point like she's definitely noticeably pregnant yeah no I was wondering the same thing though about what people were doing at like, what they were doing at the time there was a, there's a bit of Ethan Hawke well actually there's a shot where oh the bit where they're out in Austin and they they stay out all night I'm like I bet Linklater had just come off the third um Paris movie what's mm. yeah I was like that 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 lens flare that the sun before. coming up before sunrise whatever that one is yeah the, the third one of that and I was like I bet they've just come off that and I was I don't think we I'm trying to remember when we, if we saw. Well, that's when it gets all lyrical and artistic. Ethan Hawke in that, yeah. Well, that that's where I thought it's going to end now, and it was still another fifty minutes before it did. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, uh, and that was that also was the point at which I was really bored because I wasn't interested in the relationship between Mason and Sheena at all. Well, I was interested in it for what it stood for more than I mean, and that was the whole point of the whole thing, though. The Sheena was more about what 
it stood for, that first time falling in love, it being really intense. With a girl who the can't open her mouth. Amazing thing that's ever happened and you have all these experiences that you think are unique and just it's different for you and all that and then, you know, it all falls apart and you, your heart is broken and apparently it wasn't different for you and everybody goes through it kind of thing. It was more for what it stood for than what it actually was. I was not bothered by her not opening her mouth. I figured she was just as teenagery as the rest of them. Yeah. I think the one thing that you can say for older Mason is that he speaks more clearly. Like he's get to- gets told off for mumbling and I'm like, are you kidding? He's speaking very clearly. I know many teenage boys. That's perfectly understandable. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was he was fine for, for mumbliness. Like he was pretty articulate. I mean, he shuffled his feet and walked funny, but you know, normal teenage boy funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like that he walk. Was, um, Every time I saw his walk, I would giggle a little bit. Yeah. Because I was like, because that was like the growth spurt and all that sort of thing. And he's not comfortable in his body and he's hunched his shoulders over yeah, and yeah. he points his feet out and like Aww. it was just I know <laughs> I was like that was that was the sort of stuff but then I paid a lot of attention to that because I you know again like a lot of it there did were you nearly say because we- I, w- I watch teenage boys every day <laughs> well I do see teenage boys every day <laughs> I know um, I know I was just making it creepy <laughs> yes um I am yes I, I teach teenage boys every day but yeah it that sort of stuff like and I understand that you know I understand that it's supposed to be realistic. I just, I, I already get that in my real life. <laughs> I, yeah. don't, I don't need that from Which a movie. Is... What I need from a movie is like an interesting story and getting to understand the world from a different point of view and learning stuff about, and I didn't feel like I learned so, that much apart yeah. from that it sucks to live in Texas. Yeah, which I don't know that, that it sucks to grow up in America. I don't know that that was the... um. That, that necessarily the point of it, but that was certainly the message that came through loud and clear. And you could tell in our whole cinema because we kept laughing at things like him being given a Bible and a gun and, and the Captain America flag. Like we just, the, our whole cinema cracked up when they, when those things happened. And I'm not sure that, that an, an American audience wouldn't have, they would have just taken them as normal. Whereas we were like, oh, we were, our whole crowd was probably just going, thank God that never happened to me. Mm. Thank God, and and thank God we don't have to pledge allegiance to oh. our flag. We would never get through pledging allegiance to our flag without giggling. Can we talk about the scene where he was randomly bullied, as mm. well? Mm-hmm. Like, there's one scene where he's bullied in the bathrooms. Yeah, and yet it seems like the rest of the time he's a popular, well-adjusted kid mm. who people like. Yeah, like that was really weird. And then, like right after that, he's he's going home, and there's a girl talking to him, and and they seem to get on fine, right? And his middle school years seem to last forever, so that's not like there wasn't time for it. Yeah, it was really mm, really strange. Odd. Like, and then the bullies were so dumb; they were so stupid. Yeah, but then, like later on, when he's with boys who you would think would bully him because they're the types of boys that these boys in the bathroom were. Yeah, they like him. Which is interesting, yeah, because he, he really only seems to get bullied at home. Like he, he by yeah, his by the stepfathers. stepfathers. But he doesn't um And Samantha sometimes. Yes, yeah. But he mostly gives as good as he gets with Samantha. Right, exactly. Well m- <laughs> Which maybe, is maybe why- that's it. Maybe he is one of those types of boys. Maybe he is bullying other kids, but we just don't see it. Well, no, but that doesn't make sense because he gets bullied well, and like he, he does we one see time. Him get bullied once, but he then he seems to hang out. You just said he seems to hang Do out you know with the type of is? boys who would be bullies, and he's so passive and goes along with everything. They probably are bullying other kids, and he th- they like him, and he's just going along with it. I think Richard Linklater was trying too hard to make this universal to everybody. Yep, and he in that he lost sight of trying to make an actual character, and so Mason is. Everybody. He's every teenage boy. 
who has because every teenage boy has sometimes felt left out right and every teenage boy has sometimes felt like they've been bullied weird right? and but every teenage boy sometimes fit in and had those weird like those nights where they went out and hung out with the other boys and did this sort of thing right yep. so like and every teenage boy has has you know has somebody show show them how to get porn on the computer and every teenage boy has looked at girly magazines and every teenage boy has done this and that and something else and i think what he was trying to do was make him so relatable that he forgot to actually make Mason a person. Mm. He's just a mirror for you to reflect off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is yes, which is why it gets that documentary feel, and and f- especially early on, you don't it, you you forget that you're actually you. It's some something will will come along and remind you that it's scripted, but for a while there, you're just like, oh, I'm just watching this kid being filmed. Yeah. It feels like a documentary. Mm. You'd think if they were going to – since they actually wrote a script for it, you'd think they would actually write a story into that script yeah. instead of it feeling so documentary-like. Or well, Like, yeah. why would you bother? Why wouldn't you just – if you Find were going to make kid. a documentary, why wouldn't you just make a documentary over 12 years? Yeah. well, that, But that's the thing, though. They couldn't. They, there was – there is n- – no per- real person's story would line up that neatly. No real person would would – go through every single universal, as you say, stage and no single person would have all these things happen. No single person would necessarily have these same pop culture references that are pretty broad and universal. Like it just – that's – why they did it that's why they didn't make a documentary they had they could put all that into a documentary they didn't get the movie they would want they wouldn't have got the movie they wanted yeah it just if you get but then why didn't they make more of a story i don't know if you're gonna cast a kid as a character make a character if you're gonna make this story over this long make a story like have him learn something have him be something Instead of just mm. yeah, it's passive not about, and arty. It's not about the story. It's about the process. That's all. Yeah. And that's. I think that's what people are getting caught up in and yeah. the, what people are getting so excited about. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's unique, but, you know, and, and that I, doesn't I, make I it interesting. I certainly found it quite enjoyable to watch. So I I had, didn't. I liked it when I watched it. It's just yeah. in the picking it apart later. I, apart from it being too long, but, the, I mean, everything's too long these days. I destination it. was short. It was, yeah. Um, I found it. <laughs> I found it. It was in in the thinking about it afterwards that it started to bother me, not in the actual watching. Yeah, I did all of the thinking about it while I was watching it. I think, mm. like, I was just. I think when I, I when I really love a movie is when I'm not thinking about it the whole time. Yeah, and I, I wasn't, so I liked it. So I'm probably going to give it a nice mark. Okay, well, let's get to our marks then. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Um, I'm giving it three stars. Mm, I am wobbling between three and a half and four, but I think I'm going to go for four because I quite like the conceit and I'm, I bought into it while I was watching it. Okay. You want to do the wrap up? Okay. So that was Boyhood. Um, if you would like to read any of our show notes, I don't know if we'll have any. We might. There's a lot of stuff going around about this movie. Mm. They will be at our website, which is silverscreenqueens.com. Um, if you would like to follow us on Tumblr, that's tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. You can like us and follow us on Facebook, which is Silver Screen Queens on Facebook. You can tweet at us at screen underscore queens. And uh, you can find my review of this movie and all the movies we review and all the movies that I see at silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. Okay, see you next time.